Act Two of A Woman's Way by Thompson Buchanan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. Scene. Same as Act One, except that the room is brilliantly lighted and evidently prepared for company. Time. Thursday evening in the week following the events of Act One. It is before dinner. Discovered. At the rise, Wilson is on stage fixing curtains left. He fixes curtains, then crosses to right, and begins fooling about fireplace. Stanton enters center. He is in evening clothes, but somewhat disarranged, as though he had dressed hurriedly. He is plainly very much irritated. "'What are you doing?' "'Nothing, sir.' "'Well, go and do something.' "'Yes, sir. I will, sir.' Redoubles business about the fireplace. "'Oh, that's enough of that.' Yes, sir. Marion enters. She is dressed for the evening in a simply made but very handsome gown, which fits her splendidly and is calculated to impress by its simplicity and dignity. Marion, she is evidently under a nervous strain, but is more self-controlled than Stanton. Dressed? Yes. Marion looks him over, notices his disarranged appearance with uplifted eyebrows, turns to Wilson. I want everything to look particularly nice tonight, Wilson. Yes, Mrs. Stanton. Continues business about fireplace. No, no, Wilson, that won't do at all. Comes down, moves tongs about half an inch, steps back, surveys what she has done with satisfaction. There, that's much better. Takes ornament from mantel, holds it a moment, puts it back at almost the same place. Mrs. Blakemore is dark, isn't she? Yes. Move out that blue-green fire shield, Wilson. Dark women so love a blue-green background. Looks about the room, then to herself half aloud, while Wilson moves out the fire shield. That will do, Wilson. You may go. Wilson exits. Marion gives a sigh of relief and satisfaction as she looks about the room. I think everything looks very nice. Stanton, he has been fidgeting about impatiently, scarcely able to control himself until Wilson should leave the room, now breaks out angrily. Look here, Marion. What the thunder is this you think you're pulling off? Marion moves about the room. Pulling off? A dinner, Howard, to your friend, Mrs. Blakemore. Well, I don't approve of it. Why? Is Mrs. Blakemore someone I absolutely should not meet? Of course not. But the circumstance, everything... We've discussed that, Howard. I'm doing you a favor. Favor? Marion smiles, nods. Yes. It isn't every wife would introduce her successor. And you know she really ought to meet the family. Don't you think it is so much nicer to have her properly introduced? Stanton gasps. Looks at her in amazement, then uncertainly. Well, I don't approve. Can't you see it's going to be an awful mess? Why? Half laughing. Won't you be able to conceal your affection? Stanton, blurting angrily. Well, I'm not going to be made a one-ring circus of. Oh, Howard, it isn't a cheap show. Three rings, at least. Look here. I'm not going to have her brought here for the amusement of your family. And don't forget yours. Marion suddenly tender and sympathetic, almost maternal. 
you poor dear boy i don't want to humiliate you of course not i have invited mrs blakemore i am not going to insult a guest now come you're all mussed up where did you dress let me fix you oh that tie what's the matter with it marion comes over begins fixing his tie stanton submitting awkwardly unwillingly marion as she works over tie don't fidget so honestly howard you act like a rebellious child having his face washed for sunday school i must have you looking your best there'd be no real self-sacrifice in giving another woman a chance if you didn't look well you know fools with his collar stanton half choked don't you're choking me must be terrible wouldn't it if she decided she didn't want you after all this trouble and how humiliating for me redoubles efforts to make him look nice with determination oh you must look your best steps back there that's better comes to left as she turns him around looking him over judicially turn around presses out the shoulders of his coat and smooths his hair with affectionate almost maternal gesture her manner and expression when he is not looking directly at her shows sincere feeling and deep love now you look good enough for any woman to give away stanton has submitted in half embarrassed angry way to marion's caressing it's awful good of you to take so much trouble never could tie one of the fool things that's how i learned stanton the meaning not striking him that's so face lighting i remember the first time you learned um don't recall exactly stanton disappointed that she has forgotten you you remember one night your father coming into the room and, and it had to be tied quick oh i'd learned long before then i used to tie oliver whitney's what besides howard stanton i did not kiss you i know you didn't that's how it came untied you dodged well widows don't dodge stanton takes the dig and tries to retaliate you didn't always dodge nods with satisfaction ha well i'm safe now stands before him in a particularly alluring position looking at him daringly teasingly stanton being a man makes an involuntary move toward her holding out his hands she steps back smiling in teasing fashion and warding off his outstretched hands in pretended horror remember who's coming what would mrs blakemore say at least be faithful to your last love stay put stanton stops suddenly and laughs in spite of himself hang it marian i, I almost forgot you're always forgetting remember the night you kissed me in the automobile and forgot it was lighted and you slapped my face of course i did do you suppose i wanted to be kissed in public like a luna park bell on the back of a coney island steamboat gee we had some good times in that car yes indeed pause you're always having good times in automobiles gracious we're forgetting mrs blakemore damn what was that stanton angry at the dig oh 
trying to get away from the subject, looks at his watch. They ought to be here by now. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I invited Mrs. Blakemore half an hour ahead of the others. It's so much more cozy that way. Looks about the room with a hostess's last look before her guests arrive. Well, I'm glad it looks nice. Whatever she may think of me, she must admit that I have trained you well for her. Stanton, angry and pleading. For heaven's sake, Marion! This is a dear old room. I quite envy you the fun of fitting it up all over again. Of course you'll have your new crest. Crest? Yes. Crossed hearts above an automobile rampant. She'd like that, wouldn't she? Oh, stop it! There are a few things, dear, that I would like to take. Little souvenirs. That vase, you bought it for me on our honeymoon. It's a tall, hollow vase. It will remind me of you. Marion, have you no sentiment? Think of your past. I've no time to think of the past. I must think of the future. Where shall I go to get my divorce? Rhode Island? Sioux Falls? Or Reno? Oh, Marion, where's your sense of propriety? I don't know, Howard. Probably lost it where you lost yours. Automobiling. Oh. Cut to the quick. Draws back sharply just as the bell rings. Mrs. Blakemore, goodness. In sudden panic, fumbles with her hair. I know I look a fright. I'll, I'll just run away a minute. Pauses for a final dig. You won't really mind. And what would she think if she caught us alone together? Exits upstage right hurriedly and looks back at Stanton hastily fumbles with his coat, straightens his tie, and begins fixing himself all over again for Mrs. Blakemore. Wilson at center door announcing, Mrs. Blakemore. Mrs. Blakemore enters down left. She is an extremely attractive-looking woman in her early thirties, rather large, somewhat voluptuous. Her face, in spite of her ability to be light and charming, shows disillusion, cynicism. She is rather a drifter, without the energetic strength of purpose or the decision necessary for a social climber. She would be capable of tigerish fierceness, if sufficiently wounded or aroused. But love of admiration and inertia ordinarily predominates. When she enters, she is evidently keyed up to meet an unusual situation. Stanton, shaking hands. Charming as usual, Mrs. Blakemore. It's great to see you. Wilson, being a perfect butler, knowing all the family secrets, is determined not to miss this meeting. He moves over and begins fumbling with the curtains left. Stanton's and Mrs. Blakemore's scene must be played very intimately. Mrs. Blakemore, with lifted eyebrows. I fear I am early. Mrs. Stanton. Uh, Mrs. Stanton will be down directly. Um, she's, um... I'm in for the fray. <gasps> Wilson, at left, lets out an involuntary gasp. Stanton, looking across the room sternly at Wilson. That curtain is all right, Wilson. Yes, sir. In absolute silence, he moves slowly across the room and begins to busy himself over the small fire in the fireplace. There's nothing the matter with that, Wilson. Yes, sir. Straightens, looks about the room, trying to find some other excuse for staying. 
Tell Mrs. Stanton that Mrs. Blakemore has arrived. Wilson, with emphasis, showing complete disapproval. Yes, sir. Exits slowly in silence, right. Mrs. Blakemore moves to sofa, right. What a perfect servant. Yes, excellent. Yes. I'll wager he knows every time you say your prayers. You do look bully tonight, Puss. Mrs. Blakemore drops into sofa lazily. You silly boy. Do you suppose I should have come otherwise? Mrs. Blakemore's manner towards Stanton is lazily, sensuously encouraging, no matter what the speech. Pause. Do you think Mrs. Stanton will like me, Howard? Stanton, embarrassed, gets chair and sits. Uh, uh I, I don't see... Mrs. Blakemore, seated reproachfully. Why have you been keeping yourself? What have you been doing? One whole week. It isn't altogether fair to make yourself essential, then poof, disappear. Besides, I've been dying of curiosity, to say the least. Stanton moves chair, flattered. I, I didn't realize I was so altogether essential. Perhaps you're not. With a look that means you are. It was your wife I wished to know about. Stanton, somewhat crestfallen and conscience-stricken. Oh, uh, my wife. Yeah, she's all right. Mrs. Blakemore, reading his mood. You do look handsome tonight, Howard. I have always thought you were about the best-looking man I ever saw in evening clothes. Always immaculate. Pause. Looks at him suddenly. But that tie. What's the matter with it? Fumbles with tie. No, no. You make it worse, if possible. You do need a woman. Let me. Comes over, begins tying tie. Wilson, appearing center, stops, astounded, coughs loudly. Mrs. Blakemore and Stanton step apart guiltily. Wilson, with meaning. Mrs. Stanton desires me to say that she will be down at once, sir. Stanton, right, holding hand over untied tie. Uh, very well, Wilson. Exit Wilson. Stanton to Mrs. Blakemore. Please, quick! Mrs. Blakemore hastily reties tie. Stanton, with his head twisted, watching the door. Thanks. Mrs. Blakemore, right center, looking him over. It takes a woman to really tie a tie. That's splendid. Goes to back of sofa. Polly and Jim have missed you terribly. Poor little fella. He whines about the house and will hardly eat anything. Stanton, moving over to her. Good old Jimmy. Uh, uh, but you see, I've, I've been very busy lately. Mrs. Blakemore, tenderly questioning. Then the days are not going to be so long for Jimmy and me? I hope not. It's wonderful how congenial you and I are. I don't know, Howard. I've met lots of people, but you are the squarest and the best fellow of them all. I think at heart you are on the level. I reckon that's why I like you. We do think the same about most things. Don't forget our one difference. Oh. Mrs. Blakemore, reluctantly but gently firm. So long as you are married, you owe a duty. Oh. 
makes impatient gesture. There will be an action. I can't let you be involved. Some of her friends have seen us together. Yes. It must have been a terrific scene. Really, Howard, before this came up, I never properly appreciated your strength of character. I apologize. When that invitation came... Acting out scene. Little Elizabeth just put down her coffee cup and said, Elizabeth, you are flabbergasted. You have cruelly misjudged a remarkable young man. Honestly, my friend, how under heaven did you ever induce her to invite me? Stanton, behind sofa. Induce her? I couldn't stop her. Then she knows? Stanton, back, nods his head with fearful affirmation. Yes. What? And you let me come without knowing? Yes, yes, yes. How dare you do a thing like that? You often asked me to let you come. I asked? Well, really, I am not going to be made a one-ring circus of. No, three rings at least. She, you, and I. A holy show. Now I want to tell you, Howard Stanton, I... Marion enters, comes forward smiling as conventional hostess. I'm sure this is Mrs. Blakemore. Mrs. Blakemore quickly recovering. Mrs. Stanton. So charming of you to overlook the informality of my invitation and let me presume on your friendship for Mr. Stanton. It's really remarkable we have not met before. I'm sure we must have interests in common. We probably have. Yes, I have a number of friends in the West now, both Sioux Falls and Reno. Probably you've met them. Mrs. Blakemore, smiling. No, I'm from the South. How delightful we have met at last. Yes, indeed. I've looked forward to it. Stanton, clumsily, trying to lighten the situation. Um, then we ought to all be pleased. Marion, ignoring Stanton's speech. Yes, I wished very much to meet you, for I felt I owed you an apology. Apology? To me? Yes, for permitting you to go out in that automobile with Mr. Stanton when I knew that tire was weak and how recklessly he drives. Stanton stares at Marion, amazed. Mrs. Blakemore is completely nonplussed. Uh, no, um, uh, you, uh, you never can tell what will be the result of a trip in an automobile, can you? Mrs. Blakemore, from the bottom of her heart. You never can. I think, though, Howard, you should have warned Mrs. Blakemore what the result might be. Stanton, beyond the depth. What? Um, I, um... Stares helplessly at Marion. Mrs. Blakemore, with emphasis that shows very plainly she refers to the present result. You should. Why didn't you? Stanton turns helplessly to Mrs. Blakemore, then back to Marion, and back again to Mrs. Blakemore, staring from one to the other like the victim expecting but not knowing where the next blow will land. I, uh, uh, how could I know? Marion, laughing, to Mrs. Blakemore. He couldn't. I think we both had better forgive him. Well, it's generous. 
Oh, no, not for me. I'm merely standing up for my rights. Forgiving is one prerogative a wife never loses. I don't like that speech, Marian. Of course it's a joke, but it doesn't sound exactly right. It sounds as though, as though you had a great deal to forgive. Oh, I am sure Mrs. Blakemore understands. I think misunderstandings are terrible things. I have found the best way to avoid them is absolute frankness, absolute openness. My friends know just how to take me. Do they all take you the same way? If they do, I'm sure I know you very well indeed, for Mr. Stanton has talked so much of the charming Mrs. Blakemore. Mrs. Blakemore, a vibrant hint of anger in her voice, to Stanton. Oh, you've been talking about me, have you? Stanton stares from one to the other, helplessly. Uh, oh, uh, yes, yes, sure. What did you say? Stanton, turning weakly from one to the other. What did I say? Um, oh, I, I said you were, what, um... Imagination fails. He grins fatuously, then with inspiration. Uh, uh, what do you think I said? The Lord only knows. Stanton angrily, seeking justification. Well, what did I say, Marion? Well, Howard, you were sufficiently enthusiastic to make me very anxious to meet Mrs. Blakemore. You must have received a very graphic picture, Mrs. Stanton. I've always admired Mr. Stanton's powers of description and explanation. Yes, I can explain everything. Mrs. Blakemore transfixes him with a look. He stops, stares, stammers. Uh, uh... Mrs. Blakemore quickly trying to cover Stanton's embarrassment. It was very good of you to invite me, Mrs. Stanton. No, indeed, Mrs. Blakemore. I've always thought it a wife's duty as well as a pleasure to be interested in her husband's close friends. Oh, uh, uh, I knew all along you two would like each other. Laughing, embarrassed. Uh, it, it rather reverses the old saying, like me, like my dog. Suddenly stops aghast, realizing what he has said. I, I, no, I mean, I mean my dog, like me. Uh, Stops, more embarrassed than ever. No, it, it's, it's like, uh, like, uh, uh, what is it like? Both women leave him to flounder without help. It's really charming, Mrs. Stanton, you're inviting me. A stranger in a strange land. A stranger? How absurd. Why, Howard, I had an idea Mrs. Blakemore was the lady I saw with you six months ago at Sherry's. Stanton, dumbfounded. What? Six months? You... No. You did not see me with any lady six months ago. Indeed, but I did, dear. Oh, how foolish I am. I recall now that lady was a blonde. Turns to Mrs. Blakemore, politely questioning. It couldn't have been you? Mrs. Blakemore, haughtily touching her own head. Of course it couldn't. Marion, to both, generally. You know, really I have never heard the true story of your automobile accident. I'm so interested. Howard never would tell me. How did it occur? Mrs. Blakemore and Stanton looked blankly in horrified fashion at each other, 
Marion sits between the two in attitude of strained attention, as though she expected thrilling recitals. Stanton and Mrs. Blakemore look across at each other in guilty fashion, each motioning to the other to begin. Finally, both cough significantly at the same time. Mrs. Blakemore to Stanton. Why don't you tell? Marion turns to Stanton. Uh, uh, well, well, you see... To Mrs. Blakemore. Oh, you tell it. You know you tell a story much better than I do. Marion turning to Mrs. Blakemore. Yes, you tell it, Mrs. Blakemore. I'm sure you're a much better storyteller than Howard. Pause. Mrs. Blakemore, embarrassed. I, I, I've never achieved any great reputation as a storyteller. No, really? Oh, it, it wasn't anything, Marion. Not anything at all, Mrs. Stanton. Oh, you're wrong. I know you are. I've never seen such modest people. Here you go through a thrilling adventure that set all New York by the ears and stirred up every newspaper into writing pages. And then you say, it isn't anything. Why, I'm ashamed of you. Why, I believe I could tell it myself. Go ahead and tell it, then. Your version should be interesting, Mrs. Stanton. Let me see. Of course you had dinner. That little roadhouse, you know the one, the first on the left-hand side when you leave New Haven, and you sat at that far-off little table in the corner with the vines around it. How did you know we sat there? That's where Howard always sits. Indeed. And then you started... Going into animated description. Five miles, six miles, with the speed increasing every second... Now you pass fifty an hour, and you reach that long hill. Stanton and Mrs. Blakemore are looking blankly at each other, absolutely dumbfounded and overwhelmed with the way Marion is handling the situation. Nothing on the road can hold you. Down, down you go, round the first turn on two wheels. You both are laughing, laughing with the joy of being alive and being together, and the glory of the evening sun is upon you and the madness of flying, of living, and then you forget everything, and then Howard leans towards you. How do you know he leaned? Oh, in automobiles, Howard always leans. Marion! Oh, you always lean, do you? Then came the crash and the darkness, and when you came to... Looks from one to the other. Which one of you came to first? Mrs. Blakemore and Stanton look guiltily at each other. Um, uh, uh, I don't remember, Marion. I know. I did. Marion clasps her hands. Good. I knew you did. I was sure of it. You know Howard always comes to his senses last. I must really congratulate you, Mrs. Stanton, on your splendid description. It's almost as though you had been there yourself. Don't mention it, but I must not take too much credit. When one has a husband with the automobile habit, one gets a good general impression, you know. Wilson enters center. Beg pardon, ma'am, but Mr. Morris is on the upstairs phone. Morris? Good. Rises. Howard! No, I didn't mean that. Uh, I, I, I've been waiting for a phone message for some time. Um... 
If you'll excuse me, I'll, I'll be back. When the others have arrived. Both ladies bow acquiescence, and Stanton exits center with ludicrous haste and most evident relief. Wilson exits after Stanton. As soon as he is off, there comes a subtle change in the attitude of the two women. They are like two fences who have felt each other out and are now just coming together for the real fight. Both are determined, both bold, and Mrs. Blakemore is the aggressor. Now we can have a real chat. Yes. I think, Mrs. Stanton, you and I should be very good friends. We probably have interests in common. We probably have. Mrs. Blakemore smiles confidentially. She is trying to overrun Marion by her supreme confidence and experience. Marion is nervous, like a novice going to a fight against an old campaigner. Let us be frank, you and I. Mr. Stanton has told me that you invited me of your own free will. I appreciate that. I know why. Yes? Mrs. Blakemore, beginning to be a little nettled at Marion's coolness and quiet defense, but trying not to show her feeling. Won't you be frank also? You knew about that unfortunate automobile accident. You knew the truth about it. You saw those contemptible lying stories in the papers. You knew there was some gossip. Your pride was aroused. You were afraid something might be definitely fixed. You determined to forestall everything by inviting me here. You planned a bold, a brilliant coup. I congratulate you. I thank you. I knew you did not in the least understand, Mrs. Blakemore. Silence for a moment as Mrs. Blakemore stares at Marion, amazed. Then you mean... I mean that I invited you here because I wished to meet the woman who was becoming such a close friend of my husband. Mrs. Blakemore rises. Mrs. Stanton! Marion rises. I regret if I must seem discourteous while you are in my house, but I am glad the explanation has been forced. I know all about this friendship. I can guess what you think. I know what he thinks he thinks, and I've invited you here. Wilson at center door. Mr. Oliver Whitney. Enter Whitney, a good-looking, well-bred New Yorker, 39. He has a good sense of humor and sufficient experience to give him a sympathetic perspective on life. Also, he has the large heart of a bachelor, not sufficiently close to any one woman to have the inevitable petty annoyances of the relationship obtrude themselves. Whitney is entering all smiles. When he catches sight of Marion and Mrs. Blakemore standing face to face, he stops short, an expression of amazement, almost consternation, showing for an instant on his face. Wilson remains on stage. Marion, with quick cordiality of a woman bred to social exigencies. Oliver! Holds out her hand. Mrs. Blakemore, with the delight of one who sees a friend and possible ally. Oliver! Whitney, recovering himself and smiling with appreciation. How are you both? This is bully. Marion, aside to Wilson. Tell Mr. Stanton Mr. Whitney has arrived. Wilson bows, exits. Whitney coming forward and shaking hands with Marion. Hope I'm not late, Marion. You know my failing. One must always be late for a family dinner, Oliver. 
To be early does not show proper intimacy. Whitney, quizzically, looking at Mrs. Blakemore. Family dinner. Yes, the family's in you, and... Indicates Mrs. Blakemore with friendly gesture. I see you already know Mrs. Blakemore. Whitney, enjoying the situation. Oh, yes, delightful. Mrs. Blakemore sits left of table. Yes, Oliver and I are very old and dear friends. Whitney is crossing to Mrs. Blakemore as she speaks. Don't you remember the last time I saw you, Oliver? You were a true friend in distress. Whitney pretending to think. I don't recall it. Mrs. Blakemore casually, as though speaking of the most trivial matter. Well, I haven't seen you, have I, since you picked Mr. Stanton and me out of that ditch just beyond New Haven after we went over racing you. Whitney, for a moment, completely knocked off his poise, stares at her. Then he sneaks a look at Marion. She is momentarily shocked, but quickly recovers and is apparently oblivious that anything unusual has been said. Uh, I... Uh, I don't believe you have. How are you? You're all right now. Oh, yes, but I never will forget how funny you looked when I came to in your machine with how... Starts to say Howard, catches herself, changes to... Mr. Stanton holding my head and you slapping my wrists. You did look so funny. I don't believe I ever thanked you. Oh, uh, that's all right. I frequently look funny. Yes, being a hero does not agree with you, Oliver. You look funny now. Do I? Absurd. Why should I? I don't know. Why should you? Whitney is standing, looking more or less like a fool, when Wilson appears center. Marion turns to Wilson. Yes, Wilson? Mr. Stanton says, Mom, he is very, very busy, and he will be down when the others have come. Very well, Wilson. Wilson exits. Marion turns to the others. The man evidently bungled my message. He's a perfect fool, I think, sometimes. I'll get Howard. Rises, smiling. He would never forgive me if I allowed him to miss these delightful reminiscences. Whitney, grimly. Yes, I would like him to be in on this. Marion at the door. I know you two will be able to amuse each other. Exits. Whitney brings chair over to Mrs. Blakemore, left. Whitney, after a pause, blandly curious. Not that I wish to seem discourteous, Elizabeth, but uh, how did you get here? Mrs. Blakemore, smiling coolly. I was invited, as you were, I presume, Oliver. Stanton asked you. My friend Mrs. Stanton, Oliver, dear. Oliver whistles. Oliver. Whitney, smiling. You ought to forgive admiration, puss. You're a whiz. You're two whizzes. Mrs. Blakemore, smiling. The admiration is genuine? He nods. Then prove it. Well? Rises as though to approach her. Mrs. Blakemore motioning him back with both hands. Not when we're alone. I'll take the tete-a-tete proofs for granted. You see, I've had plenty of that kind. Oh, you mean... Notices Pearl Collar. 
By Jove, Elizabeth, what handsome pearls. Think so? I like them. Stanton. Mrs. Blakemore shakes head, smiling. Don't you recognize them? He comes closer, then shakes his head. I had them made into a collar, more serviceable than a rope. He indicates himself with an amazed gesture. She nods, smiling. I knew you wouldn't mind. Whitney looks at the collar with amused retrospective air of an old man regarding the delightful follies of his past youth. Honest, was I ever that young? Oliver. Yes, Puss, you are three whizzes. Moves away, sits down, amused. Be very nice to me tonight, won't you, Oliver, dear? Well, will I? You just watch. I mean, when Howard is looking. Ho, ho! Bends over, suddenly convulsed with laughter. Mrs. Blakemore watches him in puzzled fashion. Whitney straightens up. Pause. I wouldn't have missed it for... Pauses thoughtfully. Really, Puss, the only thing lacking to make this affair a perfect success is a Mrs. Oliver Whitney. I wonder, could that be arranged? Whitney looks at her a moment, then rises, takes chair over right. I'm sure it couldn't. Why sure, Oliver? Whitney, sadly, with an undercurrent of malicious fun. No woman will ever take me. Mrs. Blakemore, indignantly, with open admiration. I don't see why not. Perfectly simple. Smiles. Because I never will ask any, dear. Stanton and Marion enter together. Ah, Oliver, how are you? Wilson always bungles Marion's message. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. Oh, I didn't miss you. Won't you show me your conservatory, Mr. Stanton? You've told me so much about it. Uh, why, certainly. Both exit chatting. Marion watches Stanton and Mrs. Blakemore off and then turns to Oliver with decision. Oliver, will you do me a favor? Of course. Will you be very nice to me tonight? Well, will I? In tone that implies amusement with undercurrent of seriousness. You just watch. I mean, when my husband is looking. Whitney is amused, but he is also touched. Whitney, after a strict pause, with sincere feeling. Something seems to tell me that I'm going to be the belle of this party. Do you love him, Marion? What is this, Oliver? A cross-examination? May I answer truthfully? Of course. It is a proposal of marriage. Oliver Whitney, are you serious? Now, Marion, forget you are a woman and be sane. Had we not both better try to be? I am sane. That is why I have spoken, because I have the right to speak. The right? Yes. An uninterrupted, honorable love of eight years has rights. It has the right to come to you when you are in perplexity, in distress, to let you know that it is at your service, ready, waiting, eager to be used in any way that you may see fit. Child, everybody who knows us both knows that I love you. And I would not have you break the littlest of our silly conventions for my sake. Therefore I am here, ready to do the smallest service or receive the greatest honor. Do you love him? 
Yes, I love him, Oliver. Whitney looks away a moment, then turns to her with a smile. Then we must show Mrs. Blakemore up. I'm going to. But, Oliver, don't laugh at me. I'm afraid. Afraid? Yes. She isn't the least bit like what I expected. Whitney amused in spite of himself. What did you expect? Oh, you know the kind. With gesture indicating marcelled hair and exaggerated costume and very superior air. You can see them in certain restaurants and at some first nights. And no matter how well they are dressed, anything honest makes them look cheap. Whitney, gently amused and reproving. Your modesty doesn't do you credit. Did you think Howard would fall for one of the gold purse brigade? I did think she would be that kind. I did not believe he could really care for that sort. I did not want to be jealous, hysterical, and lose him. I wanted to be different. I wanted to show him how foolish he was. I determined to invite her here, thinking it would be obvious. Bitterly turns to Mantle. As it turns out, the only obvious thing is that I was a fool. Whitney rises. And now you are losing your nerve. No, I'm not. She must be that way at heart, even if it doesn't show on the surface. I'll... Crosses to him to front of sofa, stops short, thinking. I... I just can't stand losing, Oliver. Brushes her hand over her eyes. He smiles tenderly with understanding, sympathy, and encouragement. I love him. She's a quitter at heart. Thieves generally are. And one thing else... May I give you a little lesson in men? Please. When love is dead, the man jumps to the opposite extreme in type. When love is chilled by drifting or lack of sympathy, he hunts up someone to give him sympathy. She gives him sympathy, that's all. I think he loves you, child. Put that between your teeth and run off with the race. Thanks. I will. With fine mixture of sympathy for him and appreciation of his generous help, lays hand on his just as Mrs. Blakemore and Stanton come down stage. Stanton is still a bit sulky and plainly shocked at seeing Marion and Whitney practically holding hands. Mrs. Blakemore pointedly. My, how interested! What is it? Marion, looking up brightly. Oliver was just giving me a lesson in love. Interesting. Marion and Whitney look at each other and both laugh rather foolishly. It was. Whitney, looking up with cool audacity. You ought to know, Puss. Moves to Mrs. Blakemore, lets the pet name drawl out fondly to Stanton's evident surprise and Mrs. Blakemore's annoyance. Marion somehow seems to doubt my ability as a teacher. Will you recommend me, Puss? I, I couldn't. How could I recommend you as a lover? Whitney stares at Mrs. Blakemore reproachfully. The ingratitude of a woman. Turns to Marion. Well, I hope you are not going to be that way. I promise to remember. From the interview with Marion on throughout the play, Whitney assumes a lover-like attitude toward Mrs. Blakemore, to her intense annoyance and disgust. Whitney with satisfaction. That ought to help some. 
Stanton is plainly startled and irritated by Whitney's attitude toward Mrs. Blakemore. Marion, noticing Mrs. Blakemore's pearls, What a beautiful collar! I've never seen such exquisitely matched pearls. Mrs. Blakemore moves to Whitney. Yes, it is beautiful. A very tiresome old man gave it to me years ago when I was a girl. When men who are too lazy to work or have too much money for their own good grow old, they nearly always take up some foolish hobby like matching jewels or collecting bric-a-brac. Don't you think so, Mr. Whitney? Whitney, looking menacingly at Mrs. Blakemore. Bric-a-brac is good. Won't you show me the conservatory? Why, certainly. They move upstage. Whitney looks at Stanton. Mrs. Blakemore and Whitney exit center, chatting. He is evidently enjoying himself hugely. A stunning-looking couple. During the following scene with Stanton, Marion's real love for him must show through whenever opportunity offers, and he is not looking. The love must be indicated by silent acting, little involuntary movements of her body toward him, slight gestures indicating affection, facial expression, and repressed feeling when he is turned away from her. I don't like that fellow Whitney. Never did. I don't complain of your friends, Howard. Of course not. How could you? Yes, Mrs. Blakemore is all I expected, and more. I'm so glad I asked her. She's an extremely clever woman. So Oliver says. Now I thought her more beautiful than clever, but Oliver agrees with you. I did not know before they had been such close friends. Goes to curtains. Isn't it fortunate we invited him, too? I don't see that it is particularly fortunate. Oh, you need not really be jealous of him. Their affair, I have reason to believe, has been over some time. Oh? You know all about it? Yes. Something. Really? I don't know that Oliver behaved just as he should, but all men are alike, I presume. Do you mean to tell me that Cad has been talking to you about Mrs. Blakemore? Oh, my gracious goodness, no. We had so much else to talk about. He would not talk of it. He's a gentleman. Things are just in the air, you know. Down to fireplace. Fortunate we invited him, too. Makes everything so congenial. Oh, a very pleasant party. I have enjoyed it. You and Whitney? Marion, back of sofa. Yes. Oliver and I are very old friends. Very dear friends. Let me see. The first time Oliver proposed to me was eight years ago. Stanton, center, sneering. And the last time? My dear Howard, I don't ask you any questions. You, you mean he's dared to make love to you here? My dear boy, how stupid of you. Men are all alike. Marion, you are my wife. Yes, Howard, you are my husband. They confront each other. I tell you, I'm not going to have that man making love to my wife. Howard, I have not curtailed any of your privileges. Why should you curtail my... Stanton, with gasp of horror. Privileges? You seem to forget we may be divorced. What of that? 
That does not give him any right to make love to you, or you to listen. I'm giving you the divorce. I'm doing the transgressing for this family. All of it. Well, I'm glad you're going to assume some of the responsibilities of married life. They are confronting each other when Mrs. Livingstone enters on a situation that is evidently strained. Good evening, Chill. Sees angry look on Stanton's face and changes greeting. My child, good evening, Mr. Stanton. Stanton, shaking hands. Good evening, Mrs. Livingstone. Stands a moment awkward before her coldness, then blurts. I'll tell the others. Exits hastily upstage right. Every time I enter, you two seem to be quarreling. Marion, left center, throwing her arms suddenly about her mother's neck and kissing her. Mother, I'm so happy. Hmm. If quarreling with your husband makes you happy, it's a wonder you're not giggling all the time. Mother, it's going splendidly, my plan. He loves me. It's a wonderful thing to have your husband love you. Mrs. Livingstone, sniffing. It's a novelty, anyhow. But this, what I saw. Yes, mother. He doesn't know it, you see. If you hadn't just come in, he'd have slapped me. Marion, are you crazy? Yes, mother. Crazy. Crazy with happiness. When was the last time father slapped you, mother? Marion! Why? Didn't he ever slap you, mother? Almost, even? The two look at each other, then the look of horror dies out of Mrs. Livingstone's face. She softens, blushes, finally smiles with reminiscent tenderness. Marion shakes finger at her. Almost, mother? Mrs. Livingstone, hesitating. He did almost once, but that was a long time ago. Mother! The two throw themselves into each other's arms. Mrs. Livingstone, after a long embrace broken by little gurgling sounds of joy on both sides, releasing herself and wiping away a suspicion of tears. <laughs> your mother is an old fool child, and don't you dare tell your father. Goes to write. Mr. and Mrs. Bob Livingstone enter center, unannounced. Bob Livingstone is a very tall, erect, perfectly conventional New Yorker of twenty-six. He is absurdly fond of his little wife, and she takes the greatest delight in bossing him. Welcome to the bride and groom. Sally, kissing Marion. We are all married people, aren't we, Robert? I should say so. Don't say so that way. You're worse than Marion. Uh, yes, dear. That's right. Jump through the hoop, Bobby. Forget it, Marion. As I told you, Marion, you know I don't want to criticize, but as I told you, if you only started out right, now Bobby and I will never have any trouble in our family, will we, Bobby? Moves over to Bobby affectionately, then suddenly pauses. Is that a thread or a hair on your shoulder? Quickly grabs its shoulder, jealously, then relieved. Oh, a thread. Yes, dear, of course it was a thread. That's right, Bobby. Put that down in your little book. One narrow escape. Mr. and Mrs. Edward Morris. Marion, coming to meet them. Ned, dear, 
you look handsome enough to kiss morris as he shakes hands cross my heart i won't fight i'll send it to you by bell kisses bell don't make ned any more conceited marion he firmly believes now all the women are running after him i tell him if he can hold one he's lucky that's all the lord provided for one man be careful dear there's a great tendency nowadays to help the lord out marion goes down stage right calls across bobby yes crosses to marion someone here tonight will interest you bobby thought i would let you know in advance yes mrs blakemore puss here puss how appropriate marion how could you let her be invited do you think she would tell sally of that romantic near drowning and your affair last year at palm beach bob under his breath if sally should find out what will happen i don't know bobby you'd better put that down in your book morris coming to them what's the conspiracy oh i was just speaking to bobby of a guest i invited you here to meet she's so attractive she's carried off both oliver whitney and howard well any woman who can interest that old rake whitney is worth knowing who is she mrs blakemore what 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 who not eliz mrs elizabeth blakemore puss a ah is she your puss too er ah uh, isn't that the lady bobby you introduced me to never heard of her before in my life then you introduce him ned you liar come on call me that in front of your wife and let me explain enter general livingstone dad my little girl kisses her fondly marion takes her father's hand and mrs livingstone's hand standing between them gaily turns to lead them to the others down left when mrs blakemore with stanton on one side and whitney on the other enter up stage right marion gaily and loud enough to draw attention of all ah here are the truants i hope we did not keep you waiting oh no mrs stanton may i present mrs blakemore mrs blakemore my father general livingston at name livingstone mrs blakemore starts slightly my mother mrs blakemore mrs edward morris mrs robert livingston you know my brother and oh yes i've had the pleasure of meeting mr morris and mr livingstone morris and bob still linked arm in arm have been standing petrified during the introductions mrs blakemore comes to them with both hands outstretched my dear old friends mrs bell morris and sally move forward mrs blakemore holds out a hand to each of the men so that she gets one left and one right hand the three making a little ring mrs morris looks at mrs blakemore and starts forward indignantly from left to centre where she stands like an avenging nemesis surveying her husband and mrs blakemore isn't this delightful how do, how do you do, do? delightful marion moves down centre morris all up in the air startled jealous rush to centre by sally 
stands there with Mrs. Morris. I always said, Marion, you were a wonder at getting up interesting and congenial parties. What's your little game? Game? I'm having the time of my life. Plain puss in the corner. Bobby? Bobby, you never told me you knew Mrs. Blackmore. Oh, yes. Your husband and I are very old friends. Oh, yes. Where was it we met? Why, you remember, two years ago, Atlanta. Oh, yes, Atlanta. Such good friends, and you don't remember the first meeting? Of the Virginia Blakemores? Farquhar County. Oh, no, my family came from Georgia. Bell Morris coming forward. Surprising, we've not met before. I know most of Edward's friends. Rather surprising if you had met before, I should say, Belle. New York is a large place. And I've been here such a short time. You are such a charming hostess. One would think you had tried to get all my old friends. This is such a small party. I could hardly expect to have all your old friends. We should all be glad this happy meeting has been brought about. Bows to Mrs. Blakemore. Huh. Um, won't you come see my new billiard table and, and how I've arranged the room? We'll scarcely have time before dinner, Howard. Oh, yes. I'll tell you a secret. A new cook. A new cook? I can't see why a new cook should be cause for alarm. I trained Marion in housekeeping. I should like to see the billiard room. Exit Mrs. Blakemore with Stanton Center. The men all follow her out. First the General, then Bobby, then Morris, each excusing himself to his wife. The ladies stand aghast. Sally comes down to Belle. I think, Belle, I should like to see that table. Belle indignantly. So should I. Start for center door. She seems a charming woman. Sally, as she exits with Belle. But where's her husband? That's what I should like to know. Mrs. Livingstone and Mrs. Stanton follow Belle Morris and Sally off, leaving Marion and Whitney alone. Won't you come, Marion? Oliver, you won't desert me, will you? Whitney puts his arms about her shoulders affectionately. Poor little woman, buck up. What's the use of bucking up if she bucks off with him? There, there, keep your nerve. Nerves? I never knew I had so many. Stanton re-enters, stares at Whitney and Marion. Marion, what are you doing? Doing? I'm tying Oliver's tie. Almost goes into Whitney's arms. They stand in lover-like attitude to Stanton's amazement and rage. Curtain End of Act Two